They're handing prizes out to me. It's my game. Sure. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me. And Leland, let's open up with some breaking news today from Patrick Height of the News Stanton News uh, Stanton News Leader is the newspaper I was trying to say. Um, but <laughs> that's the proper name of it. Yes. Right. They, um, he reported that the VHSL is starting a one year pilot program to see about esports coming to the VHSL. Uh, I know one of the, one of the games is rocket league. That's actually a game I, I do play, uh, online. So when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, league of legends was another one. And the third one is escaping my mind off the top of my head, but, uh, it's like swap. I, uh, swipe, sipe or something. I don't know. Well, uh, while you're, I'm out your of opinion, it. I'm out of the loop. When you're giving your Halo, opinion, I'm so going to look at it. Uh, well, I'm going to find yeah. it while you're giving your opinion on it. I mean, I, I don't want to have a problem with this. And I don't think I do have a problem with it yeah. because it, it, it's a competition, a, a sport. I, I, I'm, I'm not there on a sport, but VHSL does host competitive things um the debates the uh dramatic theater competitions so the vhsl if they're going to host it in the high schools is the proper place to handle it so i'm not really going to argue about that um but it isn't it isn't a real sport um i i'm trying not to be get off my lawn old manish and and have some kind of problem with it so i don't i don't think i have a problem with it and i'm not trying to know if anybody that does have a problem with it i i think it's weird I think it's weird that the VHSL has this as some kind of priority to be involved right now. They they don't seem like the best run organization. I think that's putting it pretty nicely. Um, so I'm just surprised Careful. that they're trying to expand into something that's technological and is just a different pace as that. You know, it seems like there's other sports that could grow. Um, and I And I get that this probably has little overhead, little, um, management. So maybe it's easier to throw this in the mix. I, I will, I haven't recognized the demand for it. So that's why it's harder for me to grip my teeth on, but they're also presented as a one-year pilot program. So like how upset can we really get? They do it one year and it, it, and it does prove to be not the right fit. Then they, then they don't have it anymore. I just don't see why we're trying to be the leading or we're like leading the way at, in this and not try to focus on getting better as a whole? Um, well, one way to get better as a whole is to get more money. You mentioned it, low overhead. Uh, this is a way to get a lot of money potentially for the VHSL because this is a popular popular thing among kids, so uh, among high school students. The head is all the money you're getting. Who's like, how it's 64, do you, 64 bucks. It's 64 bucks. Uh, per student, per game title. So if you have a kid that wants to play all three, and the third game is Smite, um, which I was, was all capitalized. I said, I said, yeah, you were close. Um, <laughs> I had the right letters in the wrong order, I think. <laughs> but I imagine that's an acronym for something. I, I, Off the top of my head, I don't know what that's an acronym for because they're all capital letters. But anyway. The Smite um, is that bird you go chasing, yeah. No, that's Snipe. It's Smite. <laughs> As in, I'm going to smite you. 
um, which probably has something to do with the game. But um, no, I I think if you have a kid that wants to play all three, you're raking in some dough there on that kid. Uh, I think this is going to be a popular thing. My question for high schools is if there's a lot of demand, are they going to form more than one high school team? Uh, Are they going to form you know, multiple teams per high school. How do you determine this? Do you keep the classification saying that you could have multiple teams from a school, but no kid can compete on the same teams. Well, right. I think that was in that article somewhere. Um, okay. And uh, I, I must've missed that part of the article. We can have a lot of questions that don't need to be answered. What, what is your view on them? Just, just even having it. I think it's smart. I think it's a cheap way to make money. If you're the VHSL, I think you can charge parents to come in and watch their kids play. I think you're going to have a lot of, this is actually maybe something that people are going to laugh at, but I'm telling you, I've got a buddy that lives in Arlington, Texas. He works for the city government. They built a giant esports stadium. They have the largest esports stadium in North America. That's outside of AT&T stadium. That's not Virginia. No pro sports teams. Like what kind of, what, how, how many people are going to see this? I mean, like I they know, used I an, they used an entire the Arlington Coliseum, which was vacant. They renovated and made this EA or esports stadium, and I mean, it's the biggest in North America. They had a lot of buzz about that. That that got a lot of publicity. There were a lot of people interested. They want to go watch this stuff. This is on TV every Friday night. TBS is showing some esports thing on TV. People watch it. People are interested. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that people go and watch this live. I think you could get some students in there. This also brings Leland a group of students that the VHSL might not be getting money from. These might be students who aren't good at football or soccer or baseball or basketball or any of this other stuff. And, but they are good at video games and they enjoy video games. And this is a way to get them into the VHSL kind of umbrella uh this is a way to get money from them it's a way for these kids to have an experience of working with other people at their school maybe that they don't yeah i'm not against kids that are playing video games i'm honestly not against kids playing video games playing video games i just surprised vhsl's dipping their toe in this already i just i i wasn't aware of the demand for this and when i look at this website high school esports league.com, you know, there was like a handful of teams from the state of Virginia and most of them around DC, um, really none through our region that already exist already are playing against people. I just didn't think it was widespread. I, and I guess it is a one year pilot program and maybe the areas that I just mentioned, Northern Virginia, and maybe the beach, maybe those are the areas that kind of take off with it and we're lacking behind. And that's why my mind's not up to it. I'm just surprised that they're there. It seems like they're early on this and it just surprises me that this is what they chose to be early with, not some other safety protocols that like kind of seem slow to get there in recent years, um, particularly in football, but even in other sports, um, it seems like they're always a couple years behind on a lot of these, uh, you know, national high school league uh, rule changes. It seems like VHSL kind of comes in on the back end. Um, it just surprised me. It seems like on, on the kind of on the front end. I want to know what other states have 
this already in their state high school league. And I, I didn't see that stat today. I didn't do enough research, but I'm interested in that. I'm just, I'm just surprised. I think it's better to be early than late to this party. And I think the VHSL is going to look I, with the low overhead. You're probably right. You, uh, in you all did honesty, you're say right. you're no, it's no real investment on the front end. If you're getting 68 bucks off a kid and that just gets that license seat and then more money in your pocket, you're not requiring schools to build stadiums. You're not eating up gym time. Well, You're- here's the thing. A high school is not going to need to build a stadium for this. The high school auditorium uh, yeah. will suffice. Um, the library. <laughs> yeah, probably more times than not, that's going to suffice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really just going to take a projector. That's what it's going to take. And the great thing about this is you don't even really... Here's the beauty of this, Leland. You might not even need for week in, week out until you get to like a championship tournament for any travel. You might be able to have the kids just go to their school. I think that's play what the there said. Was like and play. Travel, zero tra- yeah, so, I mean, these nationwide tournaments do it for a potential to sell stuff and sell seats and sell merchandise and have a TV <laughs> audience and for TV purposes. And it, until the VHSL got to like a state championship, that might not even be necessary. Um, or a state tournament. But that's kind of my other question on this. Like, they're getting the 64 bucks off each head, but that's it. I mean, I don't see how you're really assuming much fan involvement um, for a while. I mean, you know, you're getting the gate ticket that you get at a tennis match. I mean, I you know, you're not – I don't think you're drawing, especially in this area, a lot of general eyes. So – you know, you're not selling advertisement. You know, you go to these VHSL events and the school-sponsored events even before it gets to the state level, um, and there's sponsorships and all that that are being sold. And it just seems like the money around this is very limited for now. Maybe for now, but I, I think you're also looking at this area too specifically, I think as a state. And I, I think you might be underestimating this. I, I think you might be underestimating <laughs> this even in Augusta County and Waynesboro and Stanton. I, I mean, I know a lot of kids... I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club, and there were kids there that were super into video games and esports at that time, and that was when it was in its infancy. So, I mean, those these kids watch people play video games on YouTube all the time, Leland. And while you and I don't get that, I'd much rather play a game than watch a person play a game. There are kids who would like to watch other kids play games. They're super into it. I do like it. watch those videos where people beat Mario like really fast. I, I do like those videos. Yeah, but we're, I mean, we're talking about these games that the VHSL is <laughs> I talking, know about. talking yeah, about. I mean, I mean I've watched eSports e- on TBS. I've watched it. <coughs> so Excuse I, me. I think I think you might be underselling this a little bit. Maybe they don't sell tickets right away. Maybe they try to and it doesn't work. I don't know. Maybe some counties and school districts don't do it. Maybe some do. Yeah, we talked about Southwest Virginia not getting enough kids out to fill a soccer team. And now we're adding a league, which every School's not required to be in it. I'd have no idea how this is going to be split up in divisions even in one year. Like I said, a bunch of logistical stuff that we're not sure about. But I don't think it'll be big in this area immediately. We'll see. I don't, I, I mean, I, Fort Defiance says he's got a gauge interest, but I mean, that's something they, they're interested in getting into. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I'll be interested. I'll be, I'll be watching. I am surprised is probably the word i have i'm not against it but i'm i'm pessimistic about how well it'll work in this area 
particularly. So I think statewide, it's a good idea. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's talk Valley Baseball League. Let's yeah, we got we're going from new sports to old sports. Uh, Valley Baseball <laughs> League. The Stanton Braves continue the Schneid three yeah, and seven in their last 10, 13 and 14 overall. Uh, they are in a race between Covington, Harrisonburg, and themselves. Two of those teams will be in the playoffs. One will not. Stanton right now, not in a good position. Uh, Waynesboro. Yeah, we're, we're past the halfway point. Playing 500 ball is not good enough, and that, that theme will come up later when we talk about Major League Baseball. But, um, yeah, they're not – it's just – it's not going as well for them as it was early in the season. And then pitching, I just keep looking at pitching. I know I was talking about sloppiness when I saw him play, and I'm reading a couple of the game clips since then. I think sloppiness continues, but I, I don't think that's just the Braves. But the pitching does seem worse than the other teams, and I think the stats prove it. The Waynesboro Generals um, do have good pitching and good hitting. It's why they've won nine of their last ten and are 20-8 and eight overall, second-best record in the league behind only Strasburg. Um, this is to me, this is the team in the South right now. Uh, I, I, they have separated themselves. I I think I would be shocked if the championship right now, and this is of course, assuming everybody stays healthy and stays on teams, but Strasburg and Waynesboro look like the championship to me. I've, I haven't been able to see Strasburg live yet, but Waynesboro looks really, really good. I've seen everybody, but Charlottesville in the South. Well, no, I take that back. I did see Charlottesville once. Um, but um, Strasburg just looks phenomenal. Uh, when I'm looking at these scores and box scores and reading the game recaps and Waynesboro is just, uh, they've got a lot of special players on their team. And I, I, this team has the potential to win a championship. I mean, I was really optimistic about my Braves, but yeah, I, I mean, Waynesboro has proven that they are good. Nine and one in the last 10 is just really impressive. They just taken off. So I'll give them credit where credit is due. And, um, I, I, they didn't look the best when I saw him for seven innings of a ball game, but then they played their best after I left and I got to respect that. So, um, I credit to them, but I, maybe my Braves can still get in the playoffs, make a little noise. And that's one thing you get into August in this league and sometimes surprising things happen because sometimes some players leave early. Um, it just, it, it happens in this league. So I'm, I'm hopeful maybe the Braves can do that. Maybe the pitching kind of settles down by then, but you know, it, it's going to be an upset if they do much of anything um, deep into August. Yeah. Moving on to the sport of the future, World Cup soccer, uh, the U.S. women's and look, the U.S. women's team made it the sport of the present for awesome. for a summer. Um, they were great. Uh, they mission yeah. accomplished. They beat England. They caused a stir beating England because of the Alex Morgan tea sipping celebration that the English didn't like. But you yeah, know what? Pearls clutch to my pearls on that one I like what who just who cares she yeah was oh my gosh that is such a minor celebration or mild celebration compared to some of the stuff that goes on at was soccer like games. all over randy moss and then joe bucks uh, randy not over randy moss but joe bucks reaction to randy moss fake mooning the packers crowd and that is far worse than sipping tea and also i mean i don't know if this is political or not but pierce morgan trying to say it was like her smoking weed and not sipping tea what like what <laughs> he's an idiot i mean he's an idiot he's he's upset and i guess you know some things never change america been yeah. beating england since 1776 and this semifinals no different <laughs> um it was awesome 
awesome. And then the final was great. And then we go on to the Dutch. That was a great game. Rapino, let me say this. I'm not going to get onto the political side of it, but for all the stuff that's going on off the pitch with her, to be able to come through in this tournament like she did just shows that girl has ice in her veins. She is maybe uh, one of the most clutch athletes I have seen in a tournament, men or women any sport uh it, it was phenomenal the penalty kick was great what she said pull you know outside of the game and then her to step up and and back up any talk but also take that away and she still came up big in every single moment take away any of the outside noise any of the things she said i mean if you don't like it fine but just watch the way she plays and it, she steps up in the biggest moment she takes all the penalty kicks she knocks them all home I mean, she you got to give her all due respect. And this is her last World Cup. I mean, she's she's on that yeah. back end. And to be the best player on the field in your last World Cup that you're really going to be physically able to to be that, just incredible. I mean, we didn't see this kind of play out of Wambach four years ago. Um, no. You know, and, and, and she was great. And she was the, a great player. And you didn't see Mia Hamm in her last World Cup being the best player on the field. So all the credits are, you for just being, you know, that's, that's, you know, Michael Jordan esque right there, you know, being good when you're old, um, playing at that high level. And so all the respect. Yeah. And she won the golden boot. Uh, oh gosh, the golden ball, I, I believe is what they call the assist Awards, the golden boot is two awards seem the same to me, but she she deserved anything they gave her. So yeah, the golden boot is for goals. The golden ball is for assists. She won both of those. Uh, She's a World Cup champion. She scored the yeah. She scored the penalty to get it started. And Rose Lavelle, that second goal was just straight beautiful. Just ripped it right past the keeper into the net. She's sneaky good. Yeah, you she was really good. She she's you young. She's just would stand out, but she is good. She's young, and my I had just finished telling my brother before that goal came because I think the possession before she kind of looked a little deer in headlights uh, and didn't pass it when she should have, and it ended up being a turnover. Um, and I was like, you know, she is good, but man, I just feel like the next time around she is really going to click and be something special. Yeah. And then the next time down. I was like, pass, 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 pass. And then you just saw the defenders keep moving back and then spread out. And I was like, all right, well, if they're going to do that, shoot. And she did, and it went in, and I was like, all right, cool beans. Um, And, uh, man, look, the U.S. could have won this game 3 or 4 nil if Tobin Heath would have shot the ball once. But that goalkeeper, though, was incredible for them. That's what I liked about this. The goalkeeper was so good, and we still won. Um, I was giving a lot of credit to what she was able to do um, stopping us because we could have won that game three or four nothing just if she is a, a B plus goalie instead of an A goalie. So credit to her. Yeah, she won the. Uh, yeah, she got the yeah. most saves in the tournament. And look, they were really good. Um, I, I will say the one thing that I disagreed with. I thought Sunday was great. I thought it's great yeah. for soccer. I thought it was great for soccer in America. Megan Rapino said that was the one thing that I was like, oh, you're a little off here. Um, but when she said that. Uh, she thought it was, you know, a crime that FIFA it's pre-scheduled. scheduled three games. Uh, well, even if it's not pre-scheduled, you have to understand the women's game does not have a Gold Cup. The women's game does not have a Copa America. And you can say that that's wrong, and I'm not going to argue that point. But until those tournaments exist, 
you kind of don't have a it's not you're arguing apples and oranges here um and so when the men's side does have these tournaments they have to play them sometime you're gonna play them on a weekend and you're gonna play them on a sunday probably they were all different times no game was overlapping the women's world cup and I, you know as a soccer fan it was great i could watch uh the women's world cup i watched team usa win i didn't watch copa america because it was just two teams that you know there were south american teams it was probably a you know it was a more talent on the pitch than the gold cup final because brazil is phenomenal but then there was the gold cup late at night and my brother and i got to watch most of that um we went to the valley baseball league all-star game before it got rained out but um to watch the u.s in that and the men lost um they weren't as good as mexico i i didn't think we were going to win this game going into it we didn't we had moments of brilliance, small flashes of, you know, what we could be. And then Josie Altidore in the eighth minute when he skiffed that beauty of a chance to put us ahead early. And I think that would have totally changed the game. He totally whiffed. That is a guy who cannot be on the team. He's aging. He's not good. Uh, he is the anti Rapino. Rapino finished. Uh, Rose Lavelle finished. Josie Altidore, Shankopotamus, just horrible. <laughs> And then after that, it was just like, hold on for dear life. And, uh, you know, there was a moment where I was like, we might get to extra time here. And, hey, if it gets into PKs, this is what Team USA wants because we're not the better team. And if you're the secondary team, you're praying for PKs because PKs is an ultimate equalizer. But we didn't get there. Mexico won. And uh, the U.S. men finished second. And brings me to something that you're going to hear later Coach Loss talk about. He gets on a soapbox here a little bit when he's talking about all kinds of things in a great interview. But um, my thing has always been revenue generated. Since you have separate CBAs, it has to be based on revenue generated. Well, the women have out generated the men now for an entire cycle. You're, so in my mind, that means the women should be paid more than the men. If they're making more money, their rating was higher than the men's World Cup final, which I get. The U.S. weren't in the men's World Cup final. The U.S. women were, so that probably played a role in it. But them be how the breaks go sometimes. And if we're talking about pay, then that's what needs to be in it. The Women's World Cup had a huge rating here. The whole country got behind them. There were chants of equal pay at the game, uh, following the game from the U.S. fans, kind of sending a message to the team that, hey, we support you on your next mission here, which is going to be your lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation, which is bizarre. That, that's another thing. This team is suing the U.S. Soccer Federation, and they still had the wherewithal to focus on the job at hand when they were in the World Cup and win it. So many, yeah. so many amazing things with this women's team. I think they should be paid more than the men's team because they're earning more. They're getting more money in for the Federation. Uh, I think when they redo the CBAs, it would behoove the Soccer Federation to have one CBA, you pay everybody the same, and you move on. I don't get how you have separate CBAs for this. It makes no sense to me because the whole thing is one nation, one team on the badge and on all the promotions, and one nation, one team, two CBAs, two pay scales. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, when they show the one nation, one team, and there's four stars above the USA now. All USA. of them belong to one side. 
Yeah. All of them so, belong to one program. If we're gonna if we're gonna combine everything, let's combine everything. I think a hundred percent agree with you. I have nothing to disagree with. Equal pay, if not more, like you're saying, and and more seems just um yeah, just make it happen. And I, I don't I don't see how anybody's gonna suffer from that. I just don't understand how anybody's gonna be hurt by setting it up the right way. And I think as America, we need to make a statement of the equal pay, uh, you know, the setting it up for it to be equal and uh, make that statement where our country is right now, where a lot of social things are moving. I just think it's the right thing. And let these other countries catch up to us. Well, and, and so that's a thing. And I listened to recaps of the Women's World Cup on a soccer podcast that's based in England. And they were talking about it. And they're like, why is the U.S. so much more dominant than these other countries and everybody else in the rest of the world? Well, and, you know, they, they brought up, they're like, well, in the United States, there was a thing called Title IX. And that required schools to put in equal funding for women's sports and men's sports in schools. And the U.S. has taken huge leaps ahead of the rest of the world because the rest of the world is did not do that. England is the second most uh, or second best funded women's soccer federation. And we walked them off the park. They, I know they had a chance with that penalty to tie the game. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, what a save that was. Yeah, by the way, what a save that was. We totally skimmed over that. But uh, that save, that was was almost flipping a couch in celebration. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I couldn't believe it was a penalty. And then to get the save was just awesome. But we we had played so much better than England in that match. So to win, that was great. And then, again, the Dutch never had a chance. But... Just just great. I, I loved every second of it, and I thought at the end of it, I was like, I don't know how you can look someone in the face if you are the U.S. Soccer Federation right now and justify them being paid less than the men's team. I, I 100% agree with that. One thing I'm worried about in the reaction to all this, I I don't, you know, I don't watch any MLS so when I hear ESPN's oh, adding the women's soccer league to the schedule, Joe, you watch soccer. I don't watch weeks. the MLS. I'm not you watching the women's watch. soccer league. No, I'm not either. And that's the thing. I like the collection of all these all stars, but I think it's going to be a lot harder for me to watch when one's playing for DC and one's playing for Orlando. And I, I think that's, I'm not, I'm going to show up every four years for, and, and so the guys I show up every four years, I don't watch any other men's soccer. Either, well, you'll so show up next year. Next year's the Olympics. Next year's the Olympics. You'll show up. Yeah. I watch the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I show up for world cup and Olympics. I show up for the world tournaments. I'm just, I'm not there for the soccer leagues and it doesn't care. It doesn't matter if you're male, female or alien. I'm not watching it. So sure, I'm not a good and, one to ask. And look, that's a different argument, right? Uh, saying the women's, national league players should be played the same as mls players is a different argument we're talking about women's national team and men's national team the country rallies behind both one is more successful one is generating more money that's the women's side and yet they're the ones being paid less it doesn't make any sense all right leela moving on to major league baseball the home run derby was last night Uh, we were recording this on tuesday obviously um i was I'll be honest. Going into the home run derby, I was like, the home run derby's dumb. I don't like it. I think it's a waste. Give it to me. Tell me how awesome it was. It was Vlad Jr. was killing it. I was loving it. it was Vlad awesome. Jr. versus Jock Peters. And I was like, wow, 
okay, this is amazing. And then immediately afterwards, I was reminded why the bracket format is stupid. And it ruined the home run derby. Because you have a guy hit 91 home runs, and he loses to a guy who hit 50, what, 58? Are we kidding? Only in the MLB derby is 58 greater than 91. What a stupid, stupid take. It happened happened before they went to this format, so it's not stupid. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I'm okay if somebody wins. lost to Griffey in Boston when Mark McGuire dominated that thing. Josh Hamilton lost to Morneau in New York when Josh Hamilton dominated that thing. It happens. Yeah, okay. So maybe let's change the rules. The, The homers carry over. That way, the guy who is killing the ball then the guy's wins. dirty up when he goes, goes into the... He just beats the bejesus out of the ball, and we just watch greatness. So then Alonzo... By the way, if we I didn't mean, have the bracket format, if we went back to the old format, Peter Alonzo wouldn't have even gotten out of the first round. He was not one of the top four hitters in the first round. He would have been Audi. Five thirty. He didn't have to use his bonus time. Whenever he he got to the beat oh, everybody cool. in regulation, he didn't have to yeah, use his bonus time. That was great. I I like. Yeah, that. he was it better. Was Vlad Junior sucked. Fun. He only hit 27, 29, <laughs> 40 something. It was fun, but you got to do it. Hey, it's in sports. You can be awesome, but you got to you got to do the right amount at the right time. Yeah. Happens in sports all the time across the board. You can throw. 30 Great. touchdowns in a season, but when you get in the playoffs and you throw three picks, you're done. Man, it the home run matter. derby is so great. I'm going to so remember Peter Alonzo's performance. Oh, wait. I'm going to forget Peter Alonzo was even oh, in the home run remember derby. You're going to remember Maguire. And I'm going to remember Guerrero versus Peterson. Jock Peterson was second. Vlad Jr. won the home run derby. Peter Alonzo is an afterthought. He didn't. He did what he had to at the right time, and, and that's sports. Dumb. That's sports. Dumb. Speaking of dumb, the All-Star game. The other guy hit as many home runs in that final round as he did, plus one. Cool. Also, the All-Star well, game's I dumb. That's year, going I, on. I, I, uh, the, so we're, we're moving on from the dumb they, home run derby. It's dumb. It, there's no saving it the way MLB wants to do it. You're wrong. You're loud wrong on this one. I am loud All-Star, right. All-Star game's on dumb, too. Yeah, that's dumb, too. Oh, hey, I've got an idea. Let's interview the players in the batter's box. Oh, great. Let me tell you how many times I've sat there when the interview's done and been like, wow, I really learned something there. That was a great thing to interview. Zero times. I could have a JPP hand, and I could still count the number of times that I've that goodness, I've I thought that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that took me too long to know what you were talking about there. <laughs> I wow. mean, but no anyway, way. I, I don't Such a dumb company. thing. I don't mind a guy being mic'd up because I think it can produce good highlights, but I don't find there being a guy editing and put packages them together to give me the only the stuff that matters. Cause just listen to Joe Buck try to provide his smart comments to a guy that's in action. It, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's a little too much. Um, you know, NASCAR when they're interviewing the guy while he's on a lap I, is where I think this kind of started I, while yeah, but you know what? At least that's base, good. At least they're asking like, smart questions. First base. I, I don't get why we need this. And so I agree with you. I, I think I am get off my lawn on this one that we don't need that technology active out there and just let them play. And I, I like the all-star game, but I do think that's just too much access. 
at least when NASCAR does it, they're asking smart questions. It's not like, hey, man, how's it going? I mean, yeah, that's I how they start it. That's how they start it. But then they say, hey, you know, what's what's going through your head? He's like, well, you know, I got to worry about this rear spoiler or whatever. And I got to go into this turn and do this. And and it's actually, you know, for people who like, oh, NASCAR's just turning left. I'm like, OK, well, actually, if you listen to the drivers, you can learn something. Joe Buck yeah, is just like, hey, man, uh, what'd you eat for dinner? I'm like, Great question, Joe Buck. Wow. I don't know how I was going to be able to enjoy this game without knowing this. I think it would be more interesting to know like why you're holding him on or why you're taking a step to the right in the middle of the at bat, because you know, that pitcher is going to get it to the outside. Like that would be the stuff that would be interesting to hear from a player wall wall. They're mic'd up and, and while they're batting, it would be interesting to know what's going through. What are you looking for here? What what's going through your head? I don't see how we can get that. It would be interesting to know, but I don't see how we can get that because the player's not going to stand there with a the catcher behind him and say, yeah, I'm thinking he's coming fastball here uh, because he's, you know, <laughs> changing the cuts. Like, it's just oh, not going to happen. <laughs> so not, we don't need Joe Buck with his... Joe Buck is just wants to be one of the guys, and he's just so not, and he is the last person to realize it. <sighs> Agreed. It's dumb. Uh, listen to 4D Sports. Uh, shameless plug. Uh, Brad, Dave, and I talk no, about I this. too. <laughs> Brad, Dave, and I talk about how to make All-Star Weekend better. We had some ideas. Yeah, sounds good. I will listen, and I'll argue with you either privately or on next week's podcast. I'll prefer next week's podcast. Um, the Orioles were 5-5. Five and five. They have pulled within 30-and-a-half yeah. back of first place. The rebuild was a success. We are moving in the right direction. We've got an All-Star. His name is John Means. Uh, he is... Really, really good. Um, Trey Mancini's pretty good, and everybody else on the team sucks. Um, yeah, it's nice to be five and five. It's nice that Brandon Hyde is at the point where he is ripping players in post games and gives me post game entertainment to laugh at because this team is not in fun to watch. But um, he's also not playing Chris Davis all the time, which is cool. Um, that's cool. I love it. Uh, we have the All Star game, and then we get smacked by the Tampa Bay Rays. So fun. The Nats, they're I, a, uh, do you have something you want to say about the Orioles? I, no, not about the Orioles. I was going to jump to my Pirates. Since you're talking about your team, I'm going to jump to my Pirates, and we'll come uh, back to the Nats. Okay. Nats. Uh, and we'll talk about the Nats later, too. Sure. Uh, the Pirates had about as good as we can hope for going in the All-Star game. They lost one out of four to the Cubs, and they lost one out of three to the Brewers. You would not have expected them to do that. The loss on the 4th of July was depressing because it was on national TV, and it was 11-3, to but – they also beat the Cubs 18 to five in that same series. Um, they also beat the Brewers 12 to two over the weekend. So the pirates had about as good a week as you could have hoped for last week, only losing two games out of the last seven. They're still not where they need to be. The pro they're just, the whole division is right there in the same spot and they continue not to stand out while doing it. At least these were division teams that they beat but I still don't have hope that they're actually going to make the playoffs. No, there's but no way that's, that's the Pirates' ceiling is make the playoffs. And I'd love it if they could raise that ceiling. I, I just hope we can get through July without completely selling off young talent. Uh, I'd like to keep some young talent. Cause I do think we have some pieces, but then we're not going to add anybody in free agency in the offseason anyway. So it doesn't really matter either way, but I'd like to just retain talent is my goal for the rest of the month. Yeah, uh, they won't make the wild card. I, I still stand by that, but they did have a yeah. good week. Um, the Nats, 8-2 yep. and two in their last 10 to really bring themselves back into the playoff conversation. They, if the season ended today, they're in the wild card. 
They're six back Which of the division. Amazing. A month ago, they oh, I thought they were dead. No, yeah, I thought amazing. they were dead. Um, but they've they've rebounded. Uh, we'll see. I still think I wouldn't be surprised if the Nats choke eventually. But you know, we'll see. Um, they've got a big series with the Phillies coming up after the right after the All Star break in Philly, where they get to continue to hopefully embarrass Bryce Harper. Uh, I still think the Braves win that division hands down. I think, I, I think, uh, something funny I saw from the all-star game stuff. Uh, they had Bryce Harper, like flags hanging up around the city, like promoting the all-star game and he didn't even make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I think they had many ones too. Uh, they had a lot of players who on banners that weren't in the all-star game, which is just goes to show Danny you. Machado League. said. Manny Machado at a Dodgers game. He was uh, on the on-deck circle. He's getting hazed by the fans right there and in L.A. And the Dodger fan uh, was getting heck about his contract. And Machado said, hey, or the fan said, hey, you got every October off for the next 10 years. And he said, we're going to win a World Series before you do. I thought that was a bold statement for Manny Machado, considering the Dodgers are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. Oh, and also considering the Dodgers are the best team in that division, they're at least going to be in the playoffs. His team's not going to the playoffs. I Nope. Wow, what a dumb thing to say out loud. Um, well, but that's Manny. He he's young. He's young. He's now, reckless, yeah. and he's he he's loose with the facts. <laughs> but uh, that's Major League Baseball for you. So, in, in terms of the local teams, Beltway Baseball, and then Leland's Pirates, the Orioles are by far the worst. It will be great uh, when this season's over. But uh, again, I, Brad and I had an argument about this on Forty Sports too, and I, you know, I argued with my brother about it. I think it's a process. You just got to be patient. Um, this isn't going to be an overnight fix. I hear you. I you were spouting things about the Houston Astros to me the other day in text. I think it's it's bold to just assume that you're the next Houston Astros. I don't think um, we're necessarily really the next Houston Astros, but I mean, we do have a guy who helped build the Houston Astros. He was involved in the Cardinals organization, which is a pretty good baseball organization. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that you can't you can't hold. And this is what I tell my brother all the time. You can't hold the current regime in year one responsible for the terrible, terrible decisions the previous regime made. This regime has already proven they are taking a holistically different approach in terms of investing in international amateurs, investing in the draft better and not dealing prospects. Uh, And I know the previous regime kind of had some years where they were competitive, so you deal prospects to get better players. But the guys we got were not good, and they had very poor judgment on who to resign and who not to resign. I, I think this regime is going to be better at that. We're using sabermetrics where the last group didn't believe in it at all. So I, I think you just have to use the right formulas. And I think these guys, I trust them. I, I don't yeah. think Brandon Hyde's going to be the manager when this is all said and done. I don't know how much of it is his fault. I think he's young. I think he's never coached a winner. So I'm not sure how, much faith I have in him doing that here. But really for him, it's going to be getting these young guys in. He's already seen what he's going to see from Chris Davis, and he's ready to move on. I I like Brandon Hyde for that, if nothing else. Fair enough. Moving on to the NBA free agency. Kawhi Leonard saved my interest in the NBA by going to the Los Angeles Clippers, who also managed to bring in Paul George for their entire future, which is fine. If you get Kawhi, that's what makes you relevant. So that's what you have to do. Uh, The Lakers all of a sudden go from definitely NBA champions to no ones. Uh, And the second best team in the city. 
Um, Vegas so, still has them like second. They have both LA teams one two. So I don't hilarious. think the Lakers actually went the down. The Clippers are not. The Lakers are not going to be second. I, they're not going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Maybe Zero they will, chance. but they're still very relevant with AD and LeBron on the floor. They'll be in the playoffs and they'll be bounced. Hopefully by the Clippers. Oh, I don't care where Russell Westbrook goes. It'll be interesting because the first thing you were hearing was him going to Houston, and that would absolutely be a Houston. We have a problem situation because they already have locker room problems. <laughs> yeah, and I was so going to say, why, why do I care where he goes? He's just going to blow up a team. Like, that's what's going to yeah, get accomplished. Like, where does he go that actually has somebody decent there, and he goes there and screws it all up? Like, where will that be? I don't know. Miami's another popular <laughs> rumor. But Yeah, they just got Butler. But, yeah, that's what I texted you the other day was, hey – this free agency has kind of gone the way you it needed. I to just go wanted to him to not to go to the Lakers. Happy. And you're you're still gonna talk trash come October when they get going again. Yeah, because the Wizards suck, and that's my team. And so when they're not good, I don't have very much interest in the NBA until the playoffs start. But I do think that Kawhi going to the Clippers is good for the NBA because it means that a lot of teams have two superstars. No one has three, and it's the NBA. Jam league. It's going to be awesome. Everybody it's has those two fun. guys and then a, a third guy that can probably, you know, give you help, but they're not three hall of famer famers, three guys that should be leading teams. I, I like it. I, I like that. It seems to be kind of spreading back out, but I, I, I saw a lot of hate being thrown at LeBron James for trying to recruit Kawhi Leonard there and have an AD like he sees what's going on in golden state. And I think a lot of that was happening before Kevin Durant, you know, it was leading into the free agency. Like look what LeBron did without any talent and on his team, they were terrible. Like he, he's not in Cleveland anymore. He couldn't make it happen without good guys to get with him. He just can't. So he had like, what is it? You don't want to win. Like he wants to recruit good guys there so he can win. Like, why are we hating him for that? He isn't Michael Jordan, so stop comparing him to Michael Jordan. Like that's that's my thing. And once now things are spreading out to two teams each, he's he's in an all right position. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be in big games throughout the season, and they're going to get in a playoff series. And maybe they don't win. Maybe they don't make it to the West Coast Finals. But they're going to be relatively competitive because the Warriors are rolling four deep anymore. You want to talk about roasting a kid on Twitter? I wasn't roasting the kid. Oh, uh, yes, you were. I was roasting. I was roasting before that. What I was referencing was roasting Skip Bayless. Now, the other comment I had, the young man who is doubling down on being wrong, he was saying how oh he God. was sure the Clippers were done. <laughs> he, and the Lakers he put Clippers out. Him and Chris Broussard, Clippers out. And somehow yeah. the Clippers Good job. got him. But that kid doubled down. Instead of like Chris Broussard saying got it wrong or had a bad thing here, this kid just doubled down and tried to say how he was right when, I mean, <laughs> scoreboard don't lie. <laughs> His yeah. old tweets still said that. And he's just like doubling down and like kind of petulant child in it. And it, it wasn't appropriate. So the comments he took a were amazing. Flat. Hey, and if he's going to be a big time sports writer, like he wants to be, and he's going to be first on story. Sometimes he's going to have to take this and he's going to have to work past it. If he I, can't handle this flack, he ain't going to make it. I know you don't like Levitar, but he, he brought up a good point. He referenced Chris Broussard, but he was like, Chris Broussard cannot do what he's doing. He claims to be an NBA insider and he just, gave himself no wiggle room when he said Clippers are out. 
And then when Kawhi goes to the Clippers, it just proves that he actually has no inside information. He's just guessing. Yep. He's just saying things. I mean, it's, I mean, and that's why the Yak Sports podcast never tries to say we are breaking news or news leaders. We are reactionary and commentary. <laughs> we are not. Oh yeah. None of us are, none of us are insiders. We yeah. And, and if we said we had a source, you know, we would be willing to say that and then be more objective, but nine times out of 10, we're just reactionary. And like you said, fanning the flames of whatever debate we're having. Um, but let's, I, I don't know what coach is retiring until he retires. Sure. <laughs> Let, oh gosh. All right. Let's, um, <laughs> let's move on to our interview with George loss of the Harrisonburg Turks. And we are here with coach George loss, assistant coach and pitching coach for the Harrisonburg Turks. Coach, you guys come into, we're doing this interview on Tuesday night. You guys come into the night tied for that final playoff spot with Stanton. And really, you, Stanton, and Covington are all in a log jam there. Talk about, you know, just the exciting season and the exciting playoff push you guys have coming down the last two weeks or so of the season. First off, I appreciate everything you guys do, man. I always look forward to listening to your podcast and love the debates and I know you're a big fan of Chris Davis, and you're still rooting for him to get going. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know the South. The South is a, uh, you know, Waynesboro is playing some good ball right now. They got some good arms, and they're really hitting the baseball. They're scoring almost over ten runs a game, and when you can do that with runners in scoring position, it gives you an opportunity to, you know, pick up some more Ws. Uh, there's a couple games this season where we let maybe slip away from us just because we didn't take advantage of the opportunities we had, and it created a it's it's created a nice survival of the fittest uh it's going to be a race all the way to the end and you know we're only so many games behind charlottesville so uh that's that whole pack of covington stanton and us so uh, you know it's just going to be interesting to see who's going to keep their players in town and who's going to be able to you know grind it to the uh to the end i guess you can say well you know you're the pitching coach um i brad and i got to watch jacob ferris pitch uh, i believe it was one of the nights of the double headers against front royal that he made an appearance uh, and he was lights out in that game. I know he's been lights out most of this year. Talk about what it's been like to work with a kid like that. Well, you know, there's, there's a couple guys that we get top end of the line starters. And when we get a chance to work with them, we know that they're on innings limits and that's what happened uh, with him. You know, the players only get to throw so many innings and we try to space it out the best we can. But as you saw, he, he was one of our best pitchers, if not one of the best pitchers in the league. He led the um, Valley league in ERA for almost five weeks. And um, you know, you got a guy like that that understands what he wants to do, what he's here for in the summertime. And uh, he wanted to work on some mechanics and changing speed and hitting his locations. And when you have guys that aren't just throwers, the guys that are the next pitchers to be drafted in the next draft coming up, it's a lot of fun because you get to see the passion and the hard work they put in behind the scenes and everybody gets to see them out on the mound, but they don't always see the work they put in to, to get to where they're having success. You talk about innings limits and what you have to work with given uh, the college coaches and what they want to see from their players when they're down in the Valley or any summer league. Uh, these rainouts are really piling up. Talk about the stress that puts on a coach like you and Coach Weiss trying to figure out how to get you know the pitching aspect especially because that's where you see most of the limits on the guys, how you can use them. What kind of stress that puts on you guys already having a hard job trying to figure that out at the beginning of the year, but now you got double headers jam together and just trying to get as many games in as you can. Well, you know, they always say there's 26 letters in the alphabet. So you have plan A, plan B, plan C. I think we're on plan R right now. 
uh, it's just in all fairness, you know, Bob's done a great job uh, going out and getting these guys to bring in. Uh, he's brought in some good talent, and it's just our job to try to make sure. That, that's one of the things that's been different, you know, not being a head coach. Uh, this is the second year not being a head coach, but in the aspect of it, I still get to manage the, the pitching situation, and uh, Bob's given me a great opportunity to sit through, and we have to figure it out. You know, it's not just something where we, we go into the game and say, well, we're going to roll the dice and see what happens, especially with this many games in a row. You have to plan it out ahead. And uh, you always like to see plan A happen, but, you know, sometimes you end up on, on plan E just for that game. And you have to be able to adapt, but you have to do it smartly because, you know, there are only so many so many arms left on the teams when you're trying to play that many games. and You only get so many pitches because of the pitch count limits. But um, we've done a great job of making sure that we've never had to go over. Uh, we've done a great job making sure that no player was really put at risk. So uh, the main object, like you said, they get a full tank of gas and then, they get a chance to go back home and, and make an impact in the fall. Well, Coach Loss, your pitching staff as a unit has been one of the best in the league. You're third in ERA. You're second in shutouts to Justice Strasburg by one, uh, and that's because they had a combined no-hitter the other night. Uh, yeah, that was their second combined no-hitter of the year. Yeah, so your your opponent batting average is second in the league as well. Uh, the whip, second in the league by .01. Um, and again, as you mentioned, that's a team that's done two combined no hitters already. And your staff yes. is 0.01 behind and whip. Uh, wow. Uh, first off, congratulations on a great job so far. I know there's still some season to go, but that's pretty impressive. And uh, I guess I just want to ask, you know, we talked about Ferris already, but who are some other pitchers that have really impressed you this summer? Well, the first thing we got to point out is the staff. Uh, I've got Luke Scherzer on board. who pitched in the Valley League a couple of years and he was pitching at Virginia Tech. And he's done a great job coming in. He's trying to start his coaching career. Um, he's he's my assistant. And we sit down and we plan out, uh, you know, I hate to go into the age of sabermetrics because baseball is always <laughs> going to be baseball. But when you get a chance to look up sheets, uh, spreadsheets, hit charts, you know, you try to play to the strengths and you, you write down what you how you attack a hitter or who do we want to face in a situation. Is it more advantage, uh, advantageous for us to pitch against the lefty-on-lefty matchup? Um, do we want to let Andrew check have a swing at us? You know, it's one of those things to where you, you look to the matchups and we do a good job day in, day out of being prepped a couple of days ahead. And, and we position our players and our pitchers, you know, ahead of time. We don't just let them go in blindly. Uh, we try to have an attack plan each time that we're playing somebody, um, different fields, you have to pitch different ways. And we've done a good job as a staff of just location, 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 but also changing speeds. Uh, we've got some guys that have really developed their sliders and uh, and two-theme action, like a cutter um, as well. And, you know, when those guys want to put the work in, it, it's really fun to watch. And then we got Daryl Irvin, uh, who played, you know, with the Red Sox for a while. And he's a local guy that's really worked with some of them mechanically. He's only there so many times uh, because of where he works. But when he gets a chance to be there, we've got three guys that we're able to give individual attention and that's what a lot of these pitchers are coming in. They're very raw, maybe not as many innings for some of these backup guys, relievers. And we get a chance to find their skills up, and, and they're really taking off. Uh, a guy that really took off, hadn't thrown much at UNC Charlotte the last two years, was Eli Ellington. And, I mean, he's, he's just phenomenal right now with strikeouts and, and his walk ratio. And he set the pitch on Thursday. Uh, he's a guy that's going to go to Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, he's, he's withdrawn from UNC Charlotte. He's going there. Um, we've got uh, Will Bryan, who was a reliever and a couple spot starts at Eastern Kentucky, teammate of Jacob Ferris. 
He's doing a great job. Uh, Jacob Edwards, who was at UNC Asheville, um, he had some starts. He started against Tennessee this year, even during the regular season. And, you know, we've got a couple guys can really run the ball up there on velocity with Alex Hopp, um, you know, Hoppy from UNC Greensboro. I mean, he's, he's been 93-94. So we've got a couple guys that really stepped up. Rafe Schindler's back for us. He had a nice summer last year, was in the top 10 prospects. And, um, you know, he's trying to come back, work to be a starter at Nunez Community College down in Louisiana. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys really putting their time and work in, and it's it's fun to see them grow as pitchers, uh, not just having skill and ability to, but just their knowledge of learning how to pitch the wood bat. Coach, you mentioned that this is your second year not as a head coach. You were a head coach in Stanton, and there's still a ton of support there in Stanton. Talk about what that is like for you when the Turks make the trip back to Stanton to see all the love and support from the fans there. Well, you know, it's not just when we go back to Stanton anymore. A lot of my uh, my friends and family, they're, they're starting to migrate north to Harrisonburg. So they're trading uh, Royal Blue in for Navy Blue. And uh, it means a lot to see, you know, you always talk about your little, little people and not buildings. And, and uh, you know, the Stanton Braves, we had a great time, a great run. Uh, we put a lot of effort in the community because we lived there. We didn't just show up three months out of the year and, and try to make an impact in the community. We, we did it year long. Uh, Ken Boyce Snyder did a great job of making sure that there was year round events. Steve Cox, who's the GM. I don't want to tell you there's, I don't think there's anybody worked harder than Steve Cox does, uh, except for maybe Bob. Bob Weiss does a good job up in Harrisonburg, but Steve Cox is a GM and he's always on the road watching the games. Uh, he, you know, he runs the radio sometimes. He'll, he'll do the stat sheets. You know, I miss guys like that. I miss my the loyal fans that would set their uh, chairs up, you know, at noon, giving us a little bit of advice on how we should hit the ball better. <laughs> and, you know, you missed the 4th of July parade. That's always a highlight. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you'd like to see that could have been, should have been, but everything happens for a reason. And, and Tyree's got his chance now down there, and he's a good young coach. And you'd like to, to wish Garland and Lance some success, but we, you know, we always want to try to be one game ahead of them in the stand. Oh, sure, sure. Well, Coach, we'll get you out of here. We've already asked you your Disney movie and Guilty Pleasure songs. <laughs> I know you're a big WWE guy. Um, so oh, I got absolutely. Two WWE-related questions for you. Um, we'll go ahead and go with the first one here, which is who is your favorite all-time wrestler? My, my favorite all-time wrestler will always be Stone Cold Steve Austin just because you know, he's anti-establishment. He went in there, he walked into the room, he dominated, and uh, it was just fun seeing him. You know, some of the gestures were PG-13 a little bit with what he did, <laughs> but he would open up a can of you-know-what, and, and he wasn't afraid to, you know, just do it his way. Um, but I, I'll have to tell you a funny story real quick. With, with uh, Mr. Perfect was a close second because we were at a wrestling show when I was a kid. My dad said, hey, you want to take somebody to the wrestling show, one of your baseball teammates? I was like nine. And uh, before he knew it, we had eight guys packed up in a little car, and we were going over. And uh, Mr. Perfect used to spit his gum out and slap it, and he did it to the crowd. And one of my friends told him, he's like, you're terrible. And Mr. Perfect <laughs> acted like he was going to climb into the crowd after us. And that guy, I don't think he's come out of the bathroom stall. He ran in there and hid there maybe for 20 years. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun. We know it's, we know it's fake. We know it's you know, scripted and everything like that. But the, uh, the memories that we have just watching the soap operas unfold and some of the different characters really made a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of the soap opera, and I agree, I used to watch it a lot more when I was in high school and college and, you know, had time to devote to that and now life gets in the way. But um, 
as a person who hasn't watched since the days of CM Punk leaving, uh, <laughs> what would you say are, what am I missing right now? Well, I'll tell you, AEW is pretty hot. That's a new startup business that's going to be coming in, I think, in uh, sometime in the fall. They're going to be on TNT again. They're not necessarily going to be Monday Night Wars, but it's going to be two competitions. Uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. We talk about that in many sports. And, you know, it's, it's kind of silly because people are going to be like, you know, what are you talking about wrestling for? Well, you know, it's just like, you know, if it's something that can be a good product that doesn't get stale and it actually creates interest and there's a storyline, um, you know, like Cody Rhodes from the famous Dusty Rhodes family. Uh, he's one of the main uh like the pillars of this new startup community. And I look for them to jump off because they're, they're getting a couple of people that are unhappy with their jobs at WWE. Um, they're getting a chance to really push forward with a new product. And some of the best wrestlers, like the young bucks are a great tag team and Kenny Omega might be one of the top wrestlers in the world, but you know, people are going to hear about these names coming forward and WWE is starting to take notice that saying, Hey, we got to step it up. So they brought Paul Heyman back into a creative control position. And he's going to be with the Monday night team. And then uh, SmackDown, if you're familiar with the second show, they're going to be right. pushing to Fox. And they're actually, Vince McMahon's going to hire Eric Bischoff to, to start heading that unit. So look for a couple familiar names, I think, to pop forward. Like uh, Undertaker's come back a little bit, Goldberg, um, Stone Cold, The Rock. They're supposed to be making appearances because they're going to start launching on Fox. And they got to get the stock status up because their viewing ratings have been below $3 million for a while. And back in the heyday, it used to be not even anywhere close to 3.5. So I just, I always enjoy it because just like anything else, you know, if, if it's something that brings good memories, like baseball, I'll always love baseball, but oh, yeah. wrestling is just this comedy to me for that. If it's done well and people take pride in how they perform and it's just like any other job, uh, you know, there's going to be some success, hopefully for, for especially with this new startup business, because it's only going to make the, 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 I guess the wrestling scene better. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, you know, that was one of the reasons I left when I did from watching WWE 1, life got in the way. And two, I was just like, all right, it seems like they're just bringing back old guys because they don't have any ideas for new guys and they don't know how to use them. And it's just terrible. And uh, it got stale. But I agree with you. I think competition is what makes re wrestling good because then they have to make other decisions and they have to improve their product. They can't just do whatever and say whatever the fans uh, this is we're the only game in town um but that's a that's a great point on your your aspect and again i i agree with you i know a lot of people are like oh my gosh wrestling but you know what it's it's no different than a lot of the night the nighttime dramas or you know daytime soap operas that people watch and you love. know some people like stranger things some people like riverdale some people <laughs> get into you know the lord of the rings and some people get into game of thrones you know, it's just what you can relate to. That's the best part about, you know, America, like the Team USA Soccer Women's World Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some people are going to be upset with the way they behave, but they're still our representatives, and they have a bigger platform because we give that to them to, uh, you know, showcase what they need. And, and you know, we'll go into that real quick, just equal pay. I think it's absurd that they didn't get an opportunity to have the same time. Their ratings outdrew the Men's World Cup, and that was that was insane. Uh, and you talk about markability. Um, just there's different characters, different strokes for different folks. There's something if you can relate to it, like this train that's going by right now, if you can <laughs> get on the train and, and hop on it while it's just growing instead of waiting until it gets hot, you're going to feel better about yourself. That's a great point, Coach Lawson. I, I, you know, my thing with that has always been 
if they can market themselves as well and make as much money as the men, well, they've outmade the men the last cycle uh, from Women's World Cup to this Women's World Cup. They outmade the men. Uh, so, in my opinion, it gets pretty hard to justify not paying them more, in my opinion. I've, I've always thought, one, I don't understand why the men and women have separate CBAs. I thought that was a little weird. But um, that, to me, it's one soccer federation is what they try to pitch. So why yeah, do you have two that's CBAs? That's what you, gotta, you have to do that if you want. You know, we're, we're fortunate that the United States invests a lot of money in their training uh, and getting them ready. And that's why we're more advanced maybe than some of these other countries. But as, as you've seen, you know, that if you put the money into a product, it will make, you know, good things will happen. Uh, it'll make results. You'll, you'll see uh, championships be held. And a lot of people sometimes, like, I remember Lexi Lalas growing up mm-hmm. as a kid. And, and you never know, like, you may have a son or may have a daughter that you don't know what they're going to want to do as they grow up. And, and you give them an opportunity to see all the different things. And maybe they like tennis with Coco, you know, or, or maybe right. they like. Uh, the golf with Tiger coming back, you know, a little bit of nostalgia. There's nothing wrong with enjoying other people's successes and and not taking it so personal. You know, this is what made us a great country because remember when 9-11 happened, and I'm getting philosophical on the, on the soapbox a little bit here. No, that's fine. But when 9-11 happened, it brought everybody together. And there's there's no problems with showing our patriotism, and, and we tolerated each other, and we loved each other. And, and we get a chance to do that on – Every, every four years for the World Cup, everybody gets behind them. Uh, but, you know, just like when you have the Lakers going on here, everybody wants super teams, but you're going to have the super villains. Somebody's going to step out and be that person that uh, isn't going to always be liked uh, just because they're doing the things they're doing to have a success. And, and I think that's what makes the world great. You know, you get a chance to either like somebody or not like somebody, but just don't take it personal, you know, just like Chris Davis, just because he's signed until, yeah. what, 2035? can't take it personal can't take it personal it's gonna be horrible but yeah no i'm not taking it personally i'm just upset about it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey just put it this way put it this way you could be uh celebrating happy bobby bonilla day Uh, but we get yeah that's the good news i mean the orioles were only two years longer than bobby bonilla that contract was signed like 20 years after so (laughs) (laughs) but thanks again coach loss for joining us uh i soup I really do appreciate it. Uh, I know you're getting ready to coach a game here, so I'll go ahead and let you do that. But uh, thanks for joining us on 4D Sports. That's no problem. Thank you very much. Again, we'd like to thank George Loss for taking the time to let us interview, let me interview him. Uh, it meant a lot whenever I get to talk to him. He's such a good dude. Um, but let's move on now to what is dominating our lives. Leland. What is dominating my life was the 4th of July. I had a great 4th of July. I always do. My two my two top favorite holidays, and I think I picked these just to be argumentative, I think, in a way, is Thanksgiving and July 4th. Those are my two favorites. I love Christmas. I, I guess I just say it just to be different. But – I like those holidays. It is weird that those are the two holidays most based on get together and eat. Um, I think it might explain uh, my scale numbers there, but I love 4th of July. I, at one point in my life, I would try to hit as many cookouts as I could in one day, swimming and cookouts as much as possible. Now with the kids and the family, we do less different events, but we really have good, uh, a good time. We usually go to the parade. We skipped it this year. But we still had a great day. Good ribs. 
uh, good hot dogs, good burgers. Uh, we tried to watch some fireworks, but the rain kind of hurt it a little bit. And I think you might touch on that uh, with the rain stuff. But it was a good day. I always like Fourth of July because it, it's just like one day in the summer that everybody chills. And I also appreciate that work. Most companies I deal with, most companies I've worked for, it, it's like, oh, it's Fourth of July. You know, take a day, take two days off. Like it's your midsummer break. And I, I always like the Fourth. Plus, yeah, not, not a lot of companies let's not, are open. Let's not downplay why we have the holiday. I, 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 I'm, I would be remiss if I forget that. You know, we're celebrating the independence of our country, becoming a country, and also we take that time to honor those who serve us and and keep it free. And so, um, I, I just like everything about the fourth, the whole attitude, the why we're celebrating. Everything's good for me. Yeah, well, we played a soccer game to re-celebrate it earlier in the week. Yeah, felt good. Um. Yeah, Leland, I agree. Um, it sounds like I should have gone to yours if you had ribs and hot dogs and stuff. Um, but you're invited next year. I know. I was invited this year too. And oh, I, wait a minute. Friends are, are invited. We have to be friends by then. Yeah. Well, I I know you tried to invite me uh, this year, and I big timed you, and I regret <laughs> with all the rain. I regretted that. That's right. I did invite you this year. So you yeah, did you did. Uh, my apologies, but. What is dominating? I had a prior commitment and then it rained. Um, and then I went anyway and just got rained on. But th- which brings me to what is dominating my life rain. Um, it rained on me at the 4th of July thing I went to. Uh, it rained on me when I tried to go watch Strasburg play a Valley Baseball League game on Friday. It rained on me on s- when I went to a wedding Saturday. It rained on me Sunday when I tried to go to the Valley Baseball League All Star game. It just rained. Uh, and I guess whoever asked for all this rain, I hope you're happy. Um, because I'm not. I, I, would say I would say you're anti-farmer, but I've heard a lot of farmers complaining about the amount of rain. So I, I don't yeah, think you're it's going to uh, flood your fields. No, I'm not anti-agriculture. It can rain at night. <laughs> it can rain after the baseball game is over at night. I don't care. It can rain from midnight until 7 a.m. if it wants to. I could care less. I just need it to not rain when I'm trying to do stuff or trying to have fun. Is that so much to ask? Apparently so. I mean, it's been like this for a year now. We have like... Oh, I know. It's average last, you know, 15 months. So maybe we just start getting used to it. We live in Seattle now. Yeah, which brings me to my what I know that you need to know. Um, Because of the rain, and I didn't get to, you know... I don't know. This actually has nothing to do with the rain. Um, <laughs> this was the closest I have been to going back to college life this like long weekend uh, th- uh, since I was in college. Um, but, oh my gosh, I, I was up till past 2 a.m. each night. In fact, one was 4 a.m. Watching a lot of esports. Not watching a lot of esports, maybe playing some esports uh, one night. Sport of the future. future? Rocket League, baby. Uh, one of those nights was Rocket League was the reason. But other nights, I was just watching, you know, TV, Netflix, and just losing track of time. Uh, and then realizing, oh, it's 3 a.m. Oh, it's one night, 4 a.m. And then I, because my internal clock is like, oh, 9 a.m. is like a bad time to sleep in. You're going to wake up at 9 regardless. Like, the one day I got five hours of sleep. And I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. <laughs> and the older you get, the worse oh, that's going to be. For you too, gosh, right? it was rough sauce. I did not enjoy it. Uh, and I just, after this long weekend, 
I went in with like ugh attitude and then you know the internet's a great thing folks don't take it for granted that's all I'm going to say on that but uh Leland um let's move on to what you know that we need to know or the second what is dominating your life no it's what I know that you need to know and uh you know it uh but maybe others don't uh Bob Lee everybody probably knows Bob Lee is leaving ESPN. He's retiring and good for him. He's had a great career. I'm going to miss him. He's the guy that, you know, you could watch on ESPN. That was, I mean, he had humor in him. I mean, he would, it wasn't always just straight laced. Um, you know, he's not Tom Rinaldi where he's going to make you cry every time you hear him talk. He was good at what he did professional at all times and gave credibility to everything he said and gave credibility to whatever show he's involved with on the, ESPN and where you get those shows on ESPN that have two people yelling at each other, you know, like we kind of do sometimes on this podcast, he gave credibility to those shows and, and, um, that he was involved with. And it was kind of reprieve to go to hey this, this is outside the lines. This is good television. Hey, this is a sports center that's hosted by Bob Lee when I'm growing up at 6 PM every night that this is, you know, this is, I'm going to get the real information. This is what's up. And so I'll miss him. And, uh, I hope, he makes appearances back coming through, but I will miss him. I did think the coverage of him leaving on ESPN was a lot. Uh, it really made him think he died. Like, and I think Keith Oberman was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center the day that he retired. And like 10 minutes in, I first 12 minutes of Sports Center was Bob Lee talk, which, man, the story shouldn't be about you if you're a news network. And uh, I think a lot of news, news networks see that. Um, but ESPN made it about them for the first 12 minutes celebrating Bob Lee. And Keith Oberman came on 10 minutes deep into it and said, yeah, Bob Lee is not dead. Don't get confused here. He's just retiring. So I, I will miss Bob Lee. Maybe we didn't need that much celebration, but it was real interesting that he's going and I'll miss him and I hope to see him around more. That's fine. I think one of the reasons Bob Lee left is because ESPN is what it is. So that's cool that ESPN wants to celebrate him, but they took a dump on him when he was there. They constantly moved outside the lines for, you know, the 100th different NFL Sunday morning show that they could put up or fantasy football or whatever yelling heads, uh, talking heads, yelling at each other that you mentioned, uh, which I, I think to me is part of the problem at ESPN. ESPN has almost no investigative journalism anymore. Outside the lines was really the last piece of actual journalism. I think ESPN actually did. And now they're not going to have it or they're going to have to have somebody else come in. Maybe Jeremy Schapp will pick it up. Um, but I mean, will, but, you're, they're less solid than they were. I, I To me, I'm who's going to do the investigative journalism at ESPN? Who's going to be breaking these Michigan State stories, these Baylor football scandal stories? Not that I enjoy hearing about them, but they're important stories that need to be brought to the light so people can be held accountable. And yeah. we're not going to get that anymore. We can't even get where Kawhi Leonard's going right because we have people that feel they need to be first as opposed to right at ESPN and other networks now. And so we're going to get more Stephen A versus Max Kellerman kind of stuff and less Bobbly doing real journalism. So it's fine if ESPN wants to celebrate the work he did. I guess I would just have find it more believable if they actually try to reward him and what he was doing and brought brought that to the forefront while he was there as opposed to saying, hey, Bobbly, uh, we're going to move your time slot so we can put Colin Coward's Sunday morning football show on, or we're going to move your time slot so we can put Trey Wingo and the boys on 
so they can yell at each other or whatever. Uh, I, which, by the way, Trey Wingo's a talentless hack. I hate him, but uh, <laughs> just a shot out of left field at Trey Wingo. Yeah, I, I will say I agree with you. ESPN has taken a shot at their investigative journalism. You know, when they had those cuts, what? A year ago, two years ago now, yeah, it was really that side of the aisle that was getting cut. It was the the journalistic people, and it wasn't the TV front facing people as much that it was the journalists. The the you know the bulk of them. Um, it's really hard to claim uh, journalistic credibility though when you try to silence a concussion report that two of your people were working on because you have a deal with the NFL. It really takes a shot yeah. at your credibility too. The thing about Bob Lee is you know all these other talent has left ESPN for money to go to basically Fox sports. I mean, that's what Colin Cowherd, all these different people on Bob Lee's the first guy that I say, wherever he shows up at, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it on. I'll watch. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that. I, I don't know who else I haven't done it for Dan Patrick. I haven't done it for Keith Oberman. And those were from my childhood. I haven't done it for Colin Cowherd. I really haven't. I mean, I've, I, there's been moments I've listened to Colin Cowherd, but I, it's not an everyday thing. Um, the only guy that I've really went to find has still stayed with ESPN uh, is Tony Kornheiser. He used to have a show on ESPN radio at 11 to or 10 to mm-hmm. one. And I liked that show. And he's the only guy I've kept up with. Bob Lee is another guy on that list that I would, wherever he goes, if he showed up at CNN, if he showed up at Fox sports, which I really don't think he'll do, that's not his style. I will be watching because I do respect that guy and I like him. And uh, I think he does a good job. I, I agree. Speaking of Tony Kornheiser, his podcast is changing and I'm not as happy about it because I, I just wanted to go see him live. They were doing their podcast, Tony Kornheiser's podcast at his restaurant in DC at Chatter. He opened the restaurant so he could host the live podcast and run the business. Well, they're closing up shop on the restaurant because it wasn't making money. And uh, that's not really funny. Uh, he made <laughs> jokes throughout the year about it. So I don't mind having a, a giggle while I say that. But I was really thinking in the next like 60 days, I was going to have a priority of getting to DC. My daughter wants to see the sights of Washington. We, I, we were starting to come up with a plan. We were going to go up there. I was going to work in how I could be up there at 7am or stay the hotel and, and be there at the restaurant at 7am to watch them. And it's not going to happen anymore. So I'm disappointed in that. And that's uh, what I know that you need to know that I probably a lot of people don't know that his podcast is changing. It will still be on, but it won't be in front of a live audience anymore. I'm going to miss my chance at a $10 t-shirt and meeting Tony Kornheiser which really would have been cool for me. That would have been cool because, as you said, Tony Kornheiser is another guy who's a journalist. Sometimes he says things that are oh, totally crazy. And he's not as credible. And look, him and PTI. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 Him, him and Michael Wilbon at PTI started the two people yelling at each other stuff. But I yeah. guess where Tony and Wilbon. They do it a different way. Yeah, where they're different is they, you can tell they respect each other and they are they, very knowledgeable about the things they're talking about because they were journalists first. Some of these guys, I, you're using journalists really loosely if you call some of these people on some of these shows journalists. And they weren't just shoved in a room like uh, Shannon Sharp and... Uh, Skip um, Bayless. Yeah, no, they had they, a professional... They weren't just shoved into a space together. Will Bond and Tony were friends coming in, and you can always tell that in their arguments. You also can... They, they argue the point that they don't believe because they were journalists they can understand a point different than their own they know how to actually debate and they do a good job of that and you can and it's i always enjoy that when you can see one of them it's obviously arguing just to argue i enjoy that part of the show and you don't get that 
from other shows. I do enjoy Tony Kornheiser. I enjoyed his radio show. I enjoy his podcast. It's not always on sports topic, but it is yeah. a sports centralist uh, show, and I appreciate that. And he is an old guy that I don't always relate to his thoughts, but he he's usually presents them in a funny way. So I like that podcast. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to meet him, um, but I'm excited it's still happening. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the podcast. It's been a while since I've listened to it, and it's not because I don't like Tony or the podcast or the people on the podcast. It's just you don't like David Aldridge. That's true. And it's not even that I don't like David Aldridge. I just don't like his laugh. And his laugh is really like nails on chalkboard for me. I do think he should stick to the NBA because that is definitely what he knows. And sometimes when he ventures out, he says things that are laughably yeah. wrong. Him talking football is pretty tough. Oh, my gosh. When he's like, the Redskins run a scrambling quarterback. I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> but OK. Um, yeah, um, I do think. I do think Tony is, you know, the last of a generation and Wilbon is part of that guard of actual journalists at ESPN. When I say Bob Lee leaves, who's going to do investigative journalism? That's not their job at ESPN. Oh yeah. They're not investigative guys. They don't, they're not actually paid to be, um, investigating. They're just paid to give their thoughts on the point of the moment. So then that's where Bob Lee and Tony Kornheiser differ. Um, but yeah, when Tony hangs it up, I will be struggling at ESPN. PTI I, I is going to really go will. down. I used to listen to ESPN radio from wake up to bedtime. I mean, I would have it. It was on my car constantly 1240 AM, the boss on constantly in my car. And I don't even turn on AM radio anymore. Cause I listen to Tony's podcast and other podcasts that I choose. I, and uh, I don't even turn on ESPN radio because I'm not there for Trey Wingo. I'm not there for Levitard. I know we differ on that. Yeah. And um, I mean, they have Stephen A. Smith on in the afternoons. No. I mean, good night. Will Kane? No. Um, nope. SVP was a good radio show. I loved SVP. SVP yeah. was and great. I liked Tariko before that. Uh, I never listened to Tariko, so I don't have an opinion there. Um, I like Tariko. I like he, uh, He's a good dude. But yeah, I mean, I remember. I remember Tony's, the end of Tony's radio show, I remember. Uh, and then there was uh, Colin I used to listen to, and then he moved on, and I just haven't followed him. him. And it took me a while to warm up to him, but I didn't follow him to Fox. I know that. I didn't follow him to Fox either. Um, yeah, I do like Lebetard. And Lebetard, I don't look. If you're looking for hardcore-hitting sports talk, Dan Lebetard's show is not for you. They talk about sports they do it in a zany, fun way, and they often stray from sports altogether. Um, but I'm not saying they don't do funny things on that show. I've listened to things I, that I've laughed at. I, I find them comfortable listening for my kids, which is a problem. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, mm-hmm. that that occasionally happens. Um, but <laughs> there are moments where I just need to hear dumb fun, and that is exactly what that show is: is dumb fun, and I love it. Uh, wow. There's so many great jokes. I hate, 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 hate Miami university, but they have a character that is played by one of the guys that's producer. And maybe this is another reason I like it. They include the entire crew and the entire crew finds a way to be funny. Um, but there is a member of the crew named Billy, uh, who is just one of the most all time scared of everything. People has zero confidence in almost anything he does. But he's managed to create this fake persona of like a super confident fan of the U 
who just like will take these super hilarious comments and just go off about how the U is great and uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, him giving Dan Levitard uh, grief about, uh, well, I can say because it, it's grammatically, cor- it's uh, anatomically correct. But he he said instead of saying they hate us because they ain't us, he says they hate us because they ain't us. Um, and <laughs> then Dan Levitard corrects him, and he goes into this like, oh, Mr. William Shakespeare kind of thing. That is one of the funniest things I've ever heard, and I almost died laughing. Uh, it's great. I'm looking forward to the college football season. I haven't listened to it during a college football season. I'm looking forward to it because of that now. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. I am a little hurt in a conversation that was started with Bob Lee and continue with Tony Kornheiser. We got to Dan Levitard. I think it, it really devalues. But you know what Dan uh, Levitard said when Bob Lee left? He he says the same down. thing that we're saying. He's saying that, or that I said that. And that's kind of where I got my opinion. I was like, that's probably not wrong. But he says Bob Lee is leaving because guys like Stu Gotts, who are his radio partner, are climbing the ladder at ESPN, and it's driving a serious journalist like Bob Lee crazy. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. All right. If you guys are listening, make sure you let us know what you think about uh, uh, ESPN radio in general. I know I'm <laughs> on a limb anymore on Levitard. Everybody else seems to like them, and I'm just not there. But let us know your thoughts on some of that, on those radio shows. And, uh, and how bad two guys making a podcast just yelling at each other can be. Um, and then in 4th of July, who had the best 4th of July? I want to hear about it. So follow us on Twitter, Yak Sports Pod on Twitter, uh, Facebook. We're on there. We got an email, uh, Yak Sports Pod at Gmail. Let us know. Contact us one way or another. Make sure you're subscribed so you get our podcast as soon as it's available. It's in your feed. And make sure you're telling your friends to subscribe as well. Uh, we have a lot of good coverage coming up this fall. Uh, uh, high school football is coming up quick. We know a lot of people are interested in that, but we also talk about volleyball in the fall. Uh, in any of the high school sports, anywhere there's news to be made, we'll be talking about it. So make sure you're following us, subscribe to us, and just remind people subscribe doesn't mean you pay any money. Uh, if you want to throw money at us, we will uh, open our hands. But otherwise, there's no uh, subscribing just means it comes to your phone automatically. So uh, do that. We'll come back next week and we'll be back more with the Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County Sports. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County Sports Podcast.